On today's Dingin' Corners, we are covering 2021 rookies from baseball, but only the first half from Series 1. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's Dingin' Corners. Welcome, everyone, to Dingin' Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Sox. I'm your host, Nate, and the 2021 rookie class for baseball was, and still is, absolutely atrocious. Um, from any which way you measure them, they were not good, and what was really not good was their card prices. Now, there are a lot of rookies in this class, and so I had to split this video up into a series, and so this is going to be a three-part series with Series 1 rookies being discussed today, Series 2 rookies being discussed next week, and then that should line us up perfectly for the Thursday after that for a TOPS update review, which we will then also get to review those rookies at that exact same time because they'll have already played and they'll have their TOPS update rookies. So this should be a good time. I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, we are only covering hitters. We may get two pitchers in the future, but for today... And for next week and for Tops Update, we will only be covering the hitting rookies for this project. Um, hopefully going to get around to pitching prospects later on. So let's get into it. All right, so you have 2021 Tops and you have Series 1. That is what we're covering today. Now we're doing Series 1. There, Obviously, these guys have Topps Chrome cards, and Topps Chrome is probably what I'd be going after more so than the Series 1. But since you have Series 2 and Series 1 guys, and that would be too long, we're just going to cover Series 1 rookies and then Series 2. Assume that if you're looking for these cards, that the Topps Chrome cards of these guys are also going to be cheap. It just made it easier on me. So what we have here is a checklist. And you'll notice a bunch of names. And if you're listening on a podcast, I'll read the names off quickly for you. Christian Pache, Dylan Carlson, Nick Madrigal, Joe Adele, Joy Bart, Leota Tavares, Alec Baum, Ryan Mountcastle, Kiebert Ruiz, Evan White, Jesus Sanchez, Andres Jimenez, Dalton Varsho, Bobby Dalak, Luis Garcia, Tyler Stevenson, Monte Harrison, and Isaac Paredes. Now, that is not a comprehensive list of every single hitter. That was uh, in Series 1, but it is a comprehensive list of all of the important ones. Now, there's a lot of guys here. There's a lot of names. So we obviously won't be able to go through every stat you see on the page, um, everything you see. But know that there are a solid amount of guys here. There's what, 50, uh, like 20 almost, maybe close to 20. And there's a lot of inf important information on this spreadsheet here. So if we go and we look at this, we have it, I have this sorted by prospect rank. And so what I did was I took their highest rank they ever received. And this was from Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, or MLB Pipeline. And so you'll notice in that column, Dylan Carlson was the ninth ranked prospect by Baseball America. And then, oh, actually just kidding. We have that here, we have that on this one. Dylan, uh, Christian Pache was the seventh-ranked prospect by Baseball America. Dylan Carlson was the ninth-ranked prospect, and then you had Nick Madrigal with twelfth with Baseball Prospectus. So if you see BP on this list, 
that is 12th. If you see BA, that is, or BP, that is Baseball Prospectus. BA, that is Baseball America. MLB, that is MLB Pipeline. You can go through that. You'll notice Alec Baum is 28th on Baseball America in 2020. Evan White is 54, Baseball America 2020, and Jesus Sanchez 58, Baseball America 2020. Luis Garcia 91st, Baseball America 2020. Uh, the reason I have that is because they probably lost their rookie eligibility from this past year and weren't listed on anybody's prospect sheets going into 2021. And so you'll notice that almost every single guy on this list was ranked as a top prospect within the last few years, top 100 on some form of MLB. Baseball America or Baseball Perspectives Top 100. The only two guys that weren't were Monte Harrison and Isaac Paredes. And Monte Harrison was a Top 100 prospect back in 2018. That's obviously been a few years. And so, you know, these are not bad players. These are very, very, very solid MLB or minor league players, very solid prospects. And they came up and by and large, they were not good. And so you've got from seven, Christian Pache, all the way down to 95, Tyler Stevenson, and then the two guys that were not ranked, and everyone in between. And their ranking doesn't really matter for this. Now, we've got this sorted by games. And you'll notice that only a couple of these guys played over 100 games. Five guys. Dylan Carson played 149 games out of 162. Ryan Mountcastle played 144. Bobby Delbeck played 133. Tyler Stevenson played 132, and Alec Baum played 115. After that, Dalton Barcho played 95. Monte Harrison uh, and Isaac Paredes, that you'll see, played 74 games and 72 games in AAA, respectively. These are not MLB stats. Uh, same with Joey Bart, 67 games, AAA, not MLB stats. And any of the stats you see to the right will not be MLB stats for those guys. It'll be AAA because they just didn't have a good enough sample size for me to use in the for the MLB stats, right? Um, and then you go all the way down to Christian Pache, who played 22 games. Um, and then there's a couple guys in there. Nick Madrigal, he got injured 54 games. He was playing pretty well. And other guys also got injured in there. So uh, do what you will with the amount of games played. Obviously, the lower the amount of games, the less you can take these stats. You know, you have to take these stats with a grain of salt. The more games, <clears throat> the more you can make of what stats we are going to be covering. So if we sort by average, you'll notice that Nick Madrigal was on top with a 305 average and not a single other person passed 300. Joey Bart, 294, but that was in AAA. And then it went down from there. Kiebert, or Tyler Stevenson was the only one in the 280s. Kiebert Weiss was the only one in the 270s. And then we had a bunch of 260s, 250s, 240s. 218 for Andres Jimenez, 161 for Leody Tavares. 144 for Evan White and 111 for Christian Pache. Um, just pitiful, pitiful uh, averages there outside of Madrigal. Joy Bart shouldn't really count 294. That's the other thing. We're looking at rookie card prices here. We're looking at rookies. People are not going to care about a rookie card of a guy who's playing well in AAA if he already has a rookie card. You know, Joy Bart does well in AAA. They're not going to buy his rookie card because he's doing well in AAA. Does that make sense? And so, um, not a ton of high averages. Pretty much it was Kiba Reese and Tyler Stevenson catchers. You're probably not going to want to invest in anyways. And then Nick Madrigal, a light-hitting second baseman who got traded from the White Sox to the Cubs in the uh, – uh, why can't I think of the closer, former closer of the Braves that I now am th can't think of. If we separate by on-base percentage, you'll notice Isaac Paredes has a 397 on-base percentage, but that was in AAA. 
And that's Tyler Stevenson again with the 366 on base. Not only was he the second best MLB player by average, he was also the best by on base percentage. Joey Bart, Triple A stats, and then Nick Madrigal, 349, Dylan Carlson, 343, Keeper Ruiz, 333, and it goes way down from there. Christian Pache, all the way at the bottom, 152. And if you need time, you can pause this and read it. A couple interesting names in there Alec Baum, terrible, 305, and Joe Adele, 295 on base percentages there. Really hoping for more from those guys, and it didn't happen. So, again, Tyler Stevenson, by far looking like the best. Uh, player from this year's draft, but we'll see if that ends up the case. Now, by slugging percentage, not a single one of these guys passed 500 in slugging. That's kind of disappointing. Uh, a lot of years you'll get rookies passing 500 in slugging, um, and this year it didn't happen. Bobby Dalbeck was number one with a 494 slugging percentage, but he finished the year with a 240 average and a 298 on base. So he was slugging dependent. He's already 26. He's a first baseman. He's just not a viable investment candidate. Next on the list was Jesus Sanchez with a 489 on or slugging, which is good considering where Jesus Sanchez was. And Ryan Mountcastle was rounds out the top three with a 487. And then it goes down from there all the way to, you guessed it, Christian Pache at the bottom with a 206 slugging percentage. Christian Pache was absolutely terrible. Evan White was terrible too, 237 slugging percentage. Um, just not a ton of good slugging percentages here. You don't really want to see under 400, and you probably don't want to see under like 450, ideally. Um, there was some tough slugging percentages here. Dylan Carlson, 437. Dalton Varsho, 437 are fine uh, when in correlation with the other things they do. Dalton Varsho being a catcher slash center fielder. Dylan Carlson being a good defensive outfielder while getting on base also. Next, we have OPS, and uh, by OPS, Isaac Paredes was first with an 848, and it should be pointed out that I added these up. It's not via MLB pipeline and so or MLB stats, so there may be a point given here or there on either side. Maybe an 808 is actually an 807 or an 809, um, just with how they do rounding on these things. So... Take that with a grain of salt. There will be a, a give or take a point here. Jesus Sanchez was tops with an 808 OPS in the major leagues. And then Tyler Stevenson with the 797. Ryan Mountcastle with a 796. Uh, some other interesting names. Dylan Carlson with a 780 OPS. Uh, Dalton Varsho with a 755. Nick Magical with a 774. Once you get down pat under 750, it gets a little bit rougher if you are looking to invest in guys. And so there's a number of guys, Kiba Ruiz, Joe Adele, Luis Garcia, Alec Baum especially, and Christian Pache, of course, that did not have good years. Christian Pache had a 358 on base plus slugging, which should be like a decent hitter's on base percentage, and that was his on base plus slugging. By wins above replacement, this is where it gets really bleak. We did not have a single like all-star level player. We had a good starter a couple of replacement level players, and then met. So Dylan Carlson with a 3.2 win above replacement by baseball reference. That was the good player. He was a very fine year. Of course, he played 149 games. So he played an entire season almost. Um, maybe if he plays that last 13 games and he gets hot, he could be a 4-1 player and be close to being an all-star. Tyler Stevenson was a 1.9 win above replacement um, in 132 games. 
fine, very fine for a catcher, 24 years old in his first taste. I expect him to become like a three to four one player. Uh, Tyler Stevenson's really nice. And then Dalton Varsho, center fielder catcher, um, he was worth 1.7. I expect the same thing out of him. Jesus Sanchez, 1.2. Nick Madrigal, 1.2. Both of them only played 64 and 54 games. And so you could see them, um, you know, if they'd played a full season, being three one above replacement guys, which is which is really good. And pretty much where you'd expect Nick Madrigal to be. Uh, Jesus Sanchez has a little bit more upside than that, I guess. Um, that being said, after that, everyone else is under one. Now, obviously, some of these guys, Andres Jimenez would have been over one if he played more than 68 games. And other guys, Kiba Ruiz would have been over one if he played more than 29 games, you know, and you can keep going. Um, but some of these guys, Bobby Delbeck, 133 games, 494 slugging, and he was worth 0.2 wins above replacement. Same with Ryan Mountcastle. He played 144 games uh, and was worth 0.9 wins above replacement. And therein lies why you don't go after power hitting first basemen that don't do much else. Because there's just not a ton of value there. And so they were worth 1.1 win above replacement combined in a grand total of 277 games, which is only, what, 50 games under a full season for the two of them combined. And they were only worth 1.1 wins above replacement. That's not good. And that's why we don't invest in first baseman all that often. And then you have Alec Baum, who rounds out the bottom. There's only five guys with negative wins above replacement. Leona Tavares negative 0.1, Isaac Paradis, negative 0.3, and he played most of the year in the minors, Evan White, negative 0.6, Christian Pache, negative 0.7, and Alec Baum, the guy that everyone was excited about last year because he was really good. Well, he was really bad this year, hitting and defensive-wise, and he was worth negative 1.3 wins above replacement on the season. Um, a really, really disappointing showing from him. And then lastly, because people love home runs, we sorted those. 33 for Ryan Mountcastle was the high for hitters from Series 1, and 1 was the low for Christian Pache, 2 for Evan White, 2 for Nick Madrigal. Kind of light-hitting guys that you expect. Evan White's in a little bit rougher situation in Seattle. It's a big park. Um, and you have um, Bobby Dahlbeck with 25, Dylan Carlson with 18. Dylan Carlson's the important one here. He's 22, 149 games. But there's potential if he's playing pretty well, 18 home runs, that he could get up into that 25 range, be a viable investment. And then if we're looking at prices here, I took their golds. I, it's labeled gold 2020. I didn't realize that it's supposed to be labeled gold out of 2021. And Leo Tavares didn't have a single one sell in the last three months. Isaac Paredes had a gold foil PSA 10 sell for $16.26. I thought that was interesting because it's PSA 10 and it – that's a terrible price. Uh, Joe Adele, $42 for a PSA 9. And then Bobby Dalbach, $11.50 for an SGC 9. And so now that you have those prices and like Joe Adele, probably the top player in this set, at least from prospect ranking wise uh, overall, and also skill level, athleticism, the whole nine yards, you know, Joe Adele being $42 for a gold PSA 9. That just goes to show you how cheap all of this stuff is. Dylan Carlson was $31. Ryan Mountcastle was $22.72. I didn't take any shipping on here. If you want, you could probably put like $4 per on each of these cards and you would get the shipping cost. Um, so if you wanted to add, say Dylan Carlson was $35, you can do that. Ryan Mountcastle, $22.72. Alec Baum for a gold 2021, $17.50. Luis Garcia, $10.50. It should also be pointed out that I grabbed the most recent sales. 
The most recent sale could have happened in August. It could have happened in September. It could have happened in October. It could have happened on October 20th. You know, I don't know when the sales were. I didn't put it down here, but it was the most recent sale. Uh, Jesus Sanchez, $6. Christian Pache, $5.50. Keeper Ruiz, $4.80. Andres Jimenez, $3.75. Nick Magical, $3.26. Evan White, $3.25. Joy Bart, $2.25. Monte Harrison, $2.25. Dalton Varcho, $1.62. And Tyler Stevenson, $1.31. And that just goes to show you that catchers just aren't that valuable. Joy, uh, Tyler Stevenson was one of the best players. Dalton Barshow was one of the best players, and their cards are the cheapest. And Joey Bart is only higher than them because he's probably a top prospect, even though he didn't play in the majors this year. Uh, at least not that much. I think he played two games. And so you'll notice that all of these cards, golds, golds, numbered golds. The most expensive one was $31 for Dylan Carlson. Uh, that's an absolute, absolute travesty. And so this class is just performance-wise, they're really bad. Looking to the future, though, there are some good names in here, and you just have to find the right one. One or two of these guys is going to become a star. It's like almost guaranteed. You're not going to get 20 names on a list of 20 former top prospects, and none of them are going to be stars. One of them is going to be a star, and you just have to find it. And so what I did uh, to end this podcast off was I looked at a couple guys and looked at their splits, and this is what you should do for the rest of the guys if you're interested. And so we have Joe Adele here. And he only played two months of the season, August and September. He played 26 games in August. And he was bad. 216 batting average, 269 on base, and a 320 slugging. Good for a 589 OPS. Well, he played nine games in September and October before he got injured. And he had a triple three home runs and hit three with 370 on base and a 367 slugging. Now, obviously, it's nine games. And anybody can have a nine-game hot streak. But if you're a betting man and you wanted to bet on somebody, you could say to yourself, hey, you know, I think maybe he figured it out. Maybe he figured it out in that last month and he'll come in hot in spring training and be something. If he did, you can get Jordell really cheap right now. If it was just a hot nine-game stretch, then, you know, it's going to probably take a little bit longer. But you can look at this. And so we look at Dylan Carlson, and you'll notice his splits here. April and March, he was good, 857 OPS. And then May, June, and July, he was not good, 695, 737, and 687 OPSs. But then August and September, he played a combined, or he had a combined uh, 185 plate appearances, and he had, in August, an 884 OPS, and September, an 855 OPS, both really, really good um, OPSs. Very, very solid player. And so if you were looking at Dylan Carlson, you said, you know, I think August and September are closer. I think he was figuring it out finally, though he did well in the first month of the season. I think he was figuring it out. He put two really good months together in a row. I'm going to invest in Dylan Carlson for next year because he has he's shown something, right? And then you have guys like Jesus Sanchez. Didn't play a bunch in April, June, or July, a grand total of 24 games. But then in August and September, he played 40 games, and he had a – 761 OPS and 903 OPS. And in July, you know, 10 games, he had an 871 OPS. Um, September, especially, he had eight home runs in that month, to hit 266 with 340 on base and a 564 slugging. And so you could look at like Jesus Sanchez and say, okay, he didn't get a ton of playing time. But from here on, he is going to, you know, he figured it out in the last couple months and um, he's super cheap, $6 for a gold. I'll take a $6 gamble, and I, honestly, I might take a $6 gamble because if Jesus Sanchez can show this in a 903 OPS in September and hit a bunch of home runs, 
Who's to say he can't do that for a two, three month stretch at the start of the season next year? And your $6 gold turns into a $20 gold. And for the same price as a Taco Bell box, you can make $20 later and buy five Taco Bell boxes. I mean, that sounds like a win-win to me. But not everyone is obviously going to have good uh, like uh, month-by-month splits. And so you have Alec Baum. And if you're looking, if you're wondering how to find month-by-month splits, you can go on to Baseball Reference. You can go to their splits tab on any player, and then you can choose the year. I chose 2021. And you go down the page, and you'll see their month-by-month splits there. But not everyone is going to be uh, uh, good at the end of the year. And so you're going to run to guys like Alec Baum. April, May, and June, he was not good. July, he was 869 OPS. And then August and September, again, he was not good. Obviously, he didn't play a ton of games in these months. But again, pretty poor performance. And so when you are looking through these, and I don't want to say, hey, invest in Jesus Sanchez or, hey, invest in Alec Baum because he's so bad he can't be this bad anymore. But I want you to use this list, use these stats, and then also, you know, go and look up, you know, some of these things. Look up their splits. Look up their home and road. Look up. Um, first half, second half, and be like, okay, you know, this is what he looked like. This is what he looks like now. I'm willing to take a gamble on somebody like this. Like, Jesus Sanchez, $6 for a gold. That's a solid gamble considering how good his last month of the season was. Um, but if you were to invest in, like, Monte Harrison, $2.24, you know, yeah, you can get three Monte Harrisons for one Jesus Sanchez, but I'd much rather have the Jesus Sanchez because I have much more confidence going forward in him than I would in Monte Harrison. And so remember that, you know, this list obviously has uh, first baseman. You probably wouldn't want to invest in Ryan Mountcastle and Bobby Dalbeck. And it has catchers, Joey Bart, Dalton Varsho, and Tyler Stevenson that you don't really want to invest in. But there's other guys in here that should be stars. And there are some smart plays to be made because this was a really weak rookie class. They played really poorly this year, but it's not going to be that case going forward. They can't. They just can't all play poorly going forward, and so there are going to be some steals. And this is the 2021 Series 1, guys. There's going to be a steal or two in here, and next week we're going to look at Series 2, and there's going to be a steal or two in there potentially, and then update also. Thank you for listening to this Dinging Corners today. Next week, Series 2, please get excited for that. I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any suggestions to tweak for next week's Series 2, let me know, and I will talk to you guys again next time.